Hello, everybody. Ciao, ragazzi. We're back with another episode of the Milan Guys podcast, our 15th episode since April. I'm host Luca Laporta. Unfortunately, Mike, other guy of the Milan Guys, could not be here today. He had to work. Uh, unfortunately, he has to miss again. However, I'm joined by two very special guests today. So first off, we have uh, Jurgen Zeno. He's actually one of the admins of the Milan Guys. Jurgen, how's it going, man? Good, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on. And we also have a very special guest today. Uh, we have Sportsnet. Sport, and for those who don't know sports, what Sportsnet is, who don't, who don't live in Canada, Sportsnet is uh, one of the main uh, sports networks on TV for us here in Canada. And they also show Premier League. They used to show Champions League and stuff. We have James Sharman here. James, absolute honor to have you on here. How's it going? Thanks, fellas. Yeah, happy to be on. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So I'm just going to get right into it, guys. I know it's a Milan Guys podcast, but I know we have a lot of Azzurri fans listening in today. Let's get right into it. James, you guys covered uh, at Sportsnet both legs of uh, the Azzurri and Sweden and the, in the qualifier. What are, your, what are some, a couple of quick thoughts on, on what just what happened on, on the two legs? I think that's something that will be debated for many, many years in Italy, just what happened to, to this qualifying process. Number one, um, the whole format is at fault, right? There's no way Italy should have been drawn with Spain, right? In the, in the actual, uh, in the group phase. That is ridiculous. That doesn't serve anyone well. Um, these are two great teams that should be, you know, in, in different groups. But it happened. Um, the Azuri's, uh, you know, coefficients weren't good enough. They dropped down. It happened. Okay, so then they meet Sweden, who's a very good team. Let's not forget that, that in qualifying, they beat France. Uh, they, they pipped the Dutch. They're a good team, even without Ibra. They're an organized team. They're defensive. And in a two-leg playoff, anything can really happen. So you factor those in with the fact that, with respect, this is not a vintage Italian team. There's some very good players and some very good youth coming through. But right now, it's not vintage. Um, adding to that, a manager that I don't know what happened, that he lost the plot entirely. I mean, my God, some of his selections uh, were, were ludicrous, even through the qualifying campaign. He goes to the 4-2-4. Spain just smack Italy, you know, show them up. Um, and then from that point on, it seems like he lost the whole team. And we saw that really in evidence, I think, in these two games in particular, that last game when he, when he bowed the pressure, went back to a 3-5-2. He brings in uh, Jorginho, who, who should have been in there from the start, but he kept saying, he doesn't work in my tactics. Well, suddenly in the biggest game in many, many years, he gets his first start. It, it's ridiculous. Um, and how, you know, late in the game, we see Daniel De Rossi arguing with the coach, one oh. of the coaches, because he's saying, bring on Insignia. We need a goal. So there's many, many layers to this onion, right? Um, but I think it goes a long way back. But the short term, it's down to that manager. I'm pretty sure with, with Conte or a different manager, Italy would be in the World Cup next year. I think so, too. And, you know, you did bring a good point that Italy did get very – it was unlucky to draw with Spain. If you, really, if you look at the groups of the qualifying, uh, the Azzurri were the only you know, popular big team to, to have another big team in their group. Um, you know, Germany had nobody. England had an easy, easier group. You know, these teams, other teams had easier groups. And had, but I'm not going to make excuses, but you're, you, you are right. The World Cup is not the same. Spain and Italy both would be there mm-hmm. for, you know, for the for great competition. And it does suck. Also in the playoff, I think the Azzurri did get a little unlucky with Sweden. I think Sweden was probably the best. For sure. I think Sweden's better than Ireland, Northern Ireland and Ireland. I think they're better. And Greece. Yep. yep. So kind of cool, right? you, you, I mean, you know, a Swedish team, you never rule out the Swedes, right? Because they're always going to be, like I said, organized. They're, they're pretty disciplined. 
And now they're playing in top leagues. You know, they have good technical ability, even without Ibra. And Italy, let's face it, man for man, Italy's a better team than Sweden. But we see it, you know, every, every qualifying campaign, the Euro for World Cups, in a two-leg series, in international football, you can neutralize a better team quite easily if, if you're organized. And we saw that in these last two games. And let's be honest, this second leg, Italy bossed that game. They're actually very good. That's probably their best game in qualifying, was that second leg against Sweden. But Sweden defended valiantly. And uh, Italy just didn't have that, that, final, that final touch, that final pass wasn't quite there. Now, if that's because they're, they're missing that top, top quality striker, that might be the case. I don't know. Maybe if you put Insignia in there, that would have been a difference. I don't know. Hey, maybe, maybe a Balotelli call-up at some point may have been the right thing. Or maybe not, as uh, you know, the, the veterans may tell yeah. you. But, I mean, there, there's so many, I think, question marks that another coach would have avoided. For me, Ventura, he really dropped the ball here. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, I, I, and if, if every single Azuri fan was listening to the show right now, I think 99.9% would agree with you. I, uh, did, I don't know if you've heard, but Ventura also got fired on Wednesday. Yeah, and isn't it traditional that usually they'll, they'll walk before then, right? I think wow. traditionally Italian coaches, if, if they fail, they'll walk themselves straight away. But this guy hung on for his, I guess, for a severance package or something, yep. um, which, uh, which I understand to a certain point. But at the same point, there's a self-respect there as well. And wearing that Azuri shirt carries with it a lot of weight. And I think the classy thing would have been for him to, to just walk away at the end of that match. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's tough because when you, he, is, uh, he is 70 years old. And, mm. and honestly, and I say this, you know, and I say this pretty confidently that I don't think he's going to get another job in Telstra. I don't think he's going to get another job. <laughs> not in Italy, no, for sure. Well, at least no. not in Italy. But why would he want to? I don't even think a City C team would hire him at right, right now. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I think he's, he's blacklisted. But, I mean, you see some of these managers. Look at Arsene Wenger at Arsenal, right? He's approaching 70 now as well. And you yeah. wonder, why does he need this? He doesn't need the money. Why yeah. does he want this pressure? And, and you know, there's, there's this weird burning fire or this inner drive in these guys which has made them successful coaches their entire careers and it's something that i can't empathize with i haven't got that certainly but so you know he, he might not get another job but this is a guy that probably wants another job and he's one of those guys that probably cannot retire because he needs that that fire of, of game day and it's it's a little bit sad really i think yeah and it's just and you know you did say with success the big problem was or is and was Ventura never actually had any. It's <laughs> a good point. Actually, I, I saw today, uh, wasn't it? Uh, De Laurentiis um, came out and said, yeah. "Man, I, I fired him in Series C." Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and, and this guy was, you know, in charge of our country. You know, which kind of yeah. spoke for itself. Yeah. It like it's just it's I don't know. It's just so it's embarrassing for me because I have, you know, I, I've I've been a Zurich fan. I'm a full blown. You know, I'm born in Canada, but I'm I'm full blown both sides Italian. You know, I have friends who are you know Portuguese, English. They're all going, and right now it's like I'm okay. I guess I'm okay right now. You know, I have lost <laughs> over the past few days, and you know, by December, January, I should be okay. But then when May hits and June oh. hits, I'm Luca, gonna be. Oh gosh, Luca, it, it's gonna suck for you. I hate to say it, mate. It really is. But it, I, I've been there, right? Ninety-four, uh, 08 with Euro as well. You know, when when England didn't qualify, it's like, yeah, this is brutal, man. That sucks. But it's not until that that momentum starts building and the hype starts building and you start seeing the, the, the first few games and think, man, we're not even there to yeah. compete. You know, I wouldn't even get a chance for my heart to be broken. You know, that's disappointing and it, 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 will, it will kill you. It really will. But yeah. on, on the other side, sometimes it allows you to watch a World Cup from a distance without yeah. any bias and actually kind of appreciate it for what it is as opposed to being blinded 
and blinkered by your own passion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know what? It's just, I might see right now. I say, Oh, I'm probably not going to watch that much. You know, maybe, maybe I'll just watch a few games with my friends and you know, I, I do write. So, you know, I might just kind of pick a team and, and just, you know, with no bias, just kind of write about them or analyze sure. them. Okay. Too. Let me ask you this. What do you think of this, um, this proposed tournament that will go on around the same time with the failed teams? In the states, I think the yeah. USA, Italy. Would you bother watching that? Uh, okay, here, here's and I saw that and I, I tweeted out a few days ago. I said, "Okay, like, this is kind of embarrassing, but however, it would give a nice chance for some young guys to come up after the season's done and and see what and then we can see what they can do and and then if, if they perform well, they could be the future of the Azzurri kind of thing." Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it would be a developmental tournament, perhaps, right? Yeah, and there yeah. are and there are good like if Chile and and Holland, like there's some good teams there. Oh, and yeah. the USA is pretty decent too. Like they, they shockingly didn't qualify. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I mean there are some, some decent teams, and it'll be, I suppose, it'll be. But for those who aren't at the World Cup, it'll be somewhat interesting. But I mean, if it's going to run concurrently with the World Cup, I mean, outside of Italian fans and Irish fans and American fans, no one's going to watch it, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they'll be so well, focused that, on the World Cup. Yeah, that's the thing, but. I guess they're thinking, are there enough fans in these countries to get ratings for it? Maybe a friendly tournament. I don't know. Maybe I think you just give give the players a uh, an off season, just give them two months off, whatever, and hopefully they get. Yeah. I, I agree with that, actually. You know, some of these guys, they, they play so much football anyway. And if you give them a summer off, maybe when, when you start qualifying for Euro, which isn't that far off, believe it or not, maybe that yeah. gives uh, the likes of Italy a bit of an edge. At this point, yeah. you know, you, you need that, right? Yeah, exactly. And just so I said a quick question, just about just going back to the Italy season. What like and what are your thoughts on Tito Immobile? He's one of the most informed forwards in the world right now. He's been involved in like twenty goals. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. And you know, Andrea Bellotti, he's the kind of like the golden boy of Italian football right now. He scored, I think, twenty four goals last season in Serie A. And they couldn't get it done. Uh, you know, Bellotti actually, I don't know if you remember, he missed a header ten minutes in. Yeah, just one of the posts, and that would have changed everything, wouldn't it? Would have changed absolutely everything. And then I, I think about it. I did tweet this out. I said, "Inzaghi scores that." You know what I mean? Inzaghi scores that. Yeah, no, it's a really good. It's a really good point, Luca. Um, I, I think though, you have the, the Inzaghi's of the world, right? And then Del Piero's, and even the Baggio's, and they were a different level, right? They, yeah. they, they were truly world class. Mm-hmm. Um, the Immobiles, uh, Bellotti's. I think uh, Bellotti especially might well be world class one day. But he's yeah. not there yet. He's still learning. And Immobile, man, he, he had some great chances. I thought he played really well. Him and Jorginho seem to work quite well together. But, you know, he, he's a counter-attacking type of player, isn't he? Whereas, yeah. you know, Sweden sat so far deep, so, so deep in those two games. It was very hard for him to find spaces, which yeah. I think was the issue there. Um, it's too bad Zaza wasn't healthy because, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this. I haven't seen him last year in England. But he's been very, very good this year, right? And, and maybe he would have been a bit more ruthless. In, in front of goal. Um, it was just a strange one. It really was. I thought the Gabby Adini selection made no sense to me. I guess Bologna must have been hurt uh, more than we thought. Uh, yeah. Because Gabby Adini hasn't been very good this year at Southampton at all. He, yeah, he certainly yeah. started the last four games being quite inconsistent. There must be more out there than Gabby Adini, I think. I, I, I think mean, Balotelli's out there. And, yeah. like, yeah. I don't understand how he doesn't get a call-up. You know what? I, I've heard about... I mean, listen, I watch Balotelli a lot. Right? And, and at his best, I mean, he is world-class at his best. Sure. But he's an absolute maniac, right? <laughs> and um, I, I understand a lot of the veterans on the Italian team, Buffon, I think De Rossi, Chiellini, 
And he actually went to the, the manager and said, do not pick him. You know, he, he's a distraction. He's a headache. We don't want him. And when you see what happened at Liverpool and at Man City, you understand that that's just what he is, a big distraction. And even at Nice, yeah, he's scoring goals. But there's still a lot of baggage around him, right? So he's got to grow up. And I wonder if he'll be a bit like um, Antonio Cassano, huh. who, who, you know, was a complete nightmare for a long time. But eventually he kind of he got it. He grew up, he matured, and he became a very, very good player. And you hope, if you're Italian, that that's what happens to Balotelli. But I do have my reservations. Yeah, I, I honestly, personally, I fell in love with Mario Balotelli after the 2012 Euro when he scored. He scored a nice goal against Ireland. Uh, like it was kind of next, like, next big thing, right? Yeah, the overhead volley, and he scored those two. Be- the first one was a header, but the second goal, a beautiful goal against Germany, and and not against these like middle cut against Lom and against Neuer. He <laughs> yeah. was, I think, twenty one years old at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And here's my thing with it, and it's kind of funny because he actually joined Milan that uh, after that. He actually joined Milan after that, and it, it's funny because he actually did very well with Milan. He scored. I think it was 30 goals and 50 City out game, which is pretty good for a team that was bad. Oh, and yeah. he did well. All, they, uh, they sold him to Liverpool because we needed the money at the time. We had no financial support at all. We had to have 20 million euros was big for, for the team. And that's why I sold him to Liverpool. And I, I think Balotelli kind of got thrown into a crappy situation at Liverpool because Liverpool wasn't good that year either. Uh, right. And- and I think they, they, there wasn't really room for him to really shine. Well, they, they weren't. And obviously, they were trying to replace Luis Suarez. And that yeah. was never going to be easy, right? But at the same time, I, mean, I, I look at Balotelli's history. And he's got no one to blame but himself. You know, he, he's had the opportunity to yeah. play some pretty big teams. And, I mean, at Man City, he had the opportunity there, you know, to be a, a go-to player for many, many years. At Milan as well, you know, and all these other clubs. It's always someone else's fault, right? It's never yeah. his fault. And you've got to start at some point look in the mirror and say, okay, what is going wrong? What, what am I doing wrong here? And, you know, you just, apparently he's a joker. He, he's, he's a fun guy to be around. He's not yeah. a bad guy. He's just very immature. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I hope he figures it out because you're right, man. I mean, I, I, like I said, yeah, Milan, he is very, very good. On his day at Man City, man, there were times when he would just dominate matches, dominate matches. It was incredible. But then you'd hear that he was setting off fireworks in his bathroom or throwing darts at, you know, players. Yeah. And doing stupid things like that, right? Or driving his, his, his camouflage Lamborghini around town and getting tickets. Yeah. Um, so he's a bit of an icon at Man City. There's a lot of myth around him, but I yeah. hope he figures it out because, man, like I said before, off, off camera here, you know, we were talking and have sports should be entertainment. And yeah. he is one of the great entertainers of, of world football. And I want to see him. I don't want to see him stuck at Nice when no one watches him. I want yeah. to see him in a big club and in, in a really legitimate top, top three or four league. Yeah. And, and again, I've always loved, I, I, I always will, and on, on Twitter, I've been advocating for Ventura to give Balotelli a chance all this time, because as you were saying before, Chido uh, Immobile is a counterattack guy. Balotelli's a very, tech, he has so much technical ability. He's actually very good on the ball himself. He can actually carry the ball, and he can actually take on defenders one-on-one himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'd be a player that actually would have been effective against Sweden, how they had 11 guys behind the ball. I think he would have actually been good because he can kind of he kind of cause he's a big guy, right? He's big. He yeah. Of, he disturbs defenders, if you know what I mean. Like he gets he gets under their skin, and he, well, kind of, he it, makes them lose focus. And, you're right, but I mean, it'll take a brave manager to bring him back on it. I mean, um, now that now that Buffon's retired and some of these older players, Bazzaglia retiring, and it's going to be a new breed, new generation. Um, obviously, there's an opening for him because he's still not very old. He's still quite a young guy. I wonder if it's going to be Ancelotti in charge of the team, which is the, the rumor. Who knows if that's true or not? Who knows if it's a right fit? I don't know. But if, if it's him, I mean, he's a very good man manager, is Carlo Ancelotti. 
Um, you can question tactically in the last little while, Bayern Munich in particular, you could question him perhaps. And some people are saying that he's, uh, you know, from a bygone era, he's being a bit dated now. But I still think he's smart enough to figure it out. And, and players like playing for him. And maybe he's someone that could get a Balotelli on the right page and, and would have the courage. And he's got the, uh, the, the, the resume to take a bit of a gamble and say, you know, what, I'm going to try and bring this guy into camp and see what I can do with him. Actually, yeah. he might be the, the one guy that could do that. His coach and niece, uh, Favre, I think his name is Favre. He, his coach and niece actually said that he's one of the leaders of the team now, and he is one of the leaders of that team. Apparently, mm-hmm. he's been like I, I watch, you know, the odd game there. Apparently, he's been very, very mature since he's joined there at Nice. Um, right. But here's the thing: like, I think he's have, getting. Yeah, go ahead, Jurgen. I think he's getting more mature as he ages, but I think yeah. it's just like a case of too little, too late. You know what I mean? Like if he had figured out his behavioral issues early on, like earlier in his career, I think he'd probably be one of the best strikers in the world right now. You know what I mean? Because he has the talent. Yeah, it's just yeah, the behavioral issues that did, he, like was a detriment. I think he's embarrassed yeah. some pretty big name managers, right? And, and that scares people off. He, yeah. he embarrassed Mancini, obviously. Um, he, he embarrassed, uh, well, I guess Brendan Rodgers, and then, then Jurgen Klopp had no time for him whatsoever, and ditched him pretty quickly. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of managers, you know, people, a lot of these guys still have that ego that they, they think they can, they can redeem a player and turn a player around. And that is still, you know, seduce, seducive to a lot of managers. But enough big name guys have been hurt by this guy to suggest that it'll take a brave manager to take another chance. But like you said, Anise, maybe he has grown up. Maybe he has, you know, and his, his goal scoring numbers are very impressive indeed. We're not hearing about as many stories about him off the field. So perhaps it is the new and improved Mario Balotelli. Let's hope so, because like I said, I want to see him play. And at Euro 2012, I think we all thought, man, this guy's going to be that, that number nine for Italy for a very long time. And it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. It's just like, he, I think he, he just, he has a knack for scoring in big games. He has before in his career. And that's why my problem was with not bringing him up. We have guys, no offense to Cheeto Immobile, I'm a big fan of his, but he's never actually played in a big game in his life yet. That was the biggest game he's ever played in. He, but he was a bust at, at Borussia Dortmund. He mm-hmm. didn't work out at Sevilla. And now he's at Lazio again. He's scoring so many goals. He's never really played that big game on a huge stage with 80,000 people sitting there. Uh, and, and Belotti, too. Belotti's 23, plays for Torino. And they just I feel like we just need a guy, like we needed a guy like Belotti. And Zaza, it's too bad Zaza was, was not healthy because Zaza's kind of that guy who gets his shirt dirty, you know what I mean? Like all over the field. Yes. Uh, and, He's second in scoring in the Liga behind Messi. So. Yeah. <laughs> so he's had an unreal year, which is like a big contrast to what he was doing in the Prem and all that. So Yeah, and to be fair, West Ham wasn't that great, though, when he was there. I mean, yeah. yeah like, no, they were terrible. They were terrible, but I mean, he was part of the issue there as well, though. I mean, uh, you know, when, when he arrived, I think a lot of us thought, wow, that's, that's a pretty good signing for, huh. for West Ham, for Billish. Well done. And then he just went downhill. And he wasn't given much of a chance either, in fairness. Yeah, really find his feet. It, it takes players often a year to find their feet when they change leagues. And the Prem is so different to, uh, to the Serie A and to Spain, right? It yeah. does take time to adjust. Unless you're you know, a complete freak like a Jesus or someone who just adapts seamlessly. Yeah. But this guy was never given a chance. So I yeah. think he was, he was hard done by at West Ham. Yeah, and, and going back to what you said about Gabbiadini too. Gabbiadini has also never really played in a big match in his life either. And he, and, no. and he, and he puts him in in the second leg of a do-or-die game at the San Cito with 80,000 people watching. And Gabbiadini, he wasn't terrible. Like, he has a good first touch. That, that's his kind of main – that's his main, uh, like, I guess his, his best quality is his first touch. He's got a very powerful left leg, too. 
You got a lot of juice in that left leg. But I just don't think Gabbiadini should be starting a do-or-die game for the Azzurri. Is that how low the Azzurri are now? And he's not even starting – he's not even doing well for Southampton. So it's right. like – and Ventura obviously got it all wrong. And I uh, – Carlo Tavecchio, the president of FIGC, he uh, announced that he's making an announcement on the 28th, November 28th, on the new coach. Um, is, is, is he confident that it'll be him making the announcement? Is he safe? Because uh, honestly, he shouldn't be there either, right? <laughs> really? Well, I mean, I think they asked him to walk and he rejected. Yeah, so, I mean, so, so where's the leadership in, in the FIGC? Uh, Tell him to walk. It's, it's a lot of political, there's a lot of political aspects to it. Some, you know, I, I just don't, there's so much more than we see. That's the issue. There's so much more. Tavecchio should not have a job. He really should not. However, he might have, they might be in his, in his contract that they can't fire him for a certain amount of years. I don't know. Oh, it could well be, yeah. You're right. In Italian soccer, there's so much bureaucracy, and it's a real yeah. old boys club, isn't it? More than other leagues. And, you know, yeah. we, we saw Germany in the early 2000s reinvent themselves after some poor performances, yeah. although they qualified. England's done a similar thing in recent years. We've seen the, the, the Dutch are going to do it as well. Um, U.S. soccer's going to probably do it as well. All, all these teams that have failed have kind of rebuilt themselves. You look at Italy and you wonder, okay, yes, they need to rebuild as well, but who's going to head that? Who's going to lead that? Because there's so many personal agendas at play at the top of Italian football that you know, it's very hard to see change happening. And that could be a real shame because Italy should be at World Cups, right? I mean, they are one of the iconic symbols of, of, of World Cups. And you know, when that thing kicks off next year, at first, it's going to be like, yeah, it's not quite the same without Italy doing whatever they're doing, good or bad. There's always a storyline, a narrative around Italy at tournaments, good or bad. They're always one of the main talking points. And I think we'll miss that. Yeah, exactly, and and that's the thing. We 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 wonder. We have four stars that are logo, right? That's the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, and you know, I'm not a huge fan of uh, how they did. It. They how there's so many spots for the the other continents. I do wish there were more spots for European teams. They are. Percent. Yep. They are the strongest, right? Like, and no offense to these teams who, you know, kudos to them. They qualified. But, like, no one wants to watch, like, you know, a team like Tunisia, right? Like, like a team like, <laughs> like I wish that there's a, there was room for another European team. Like, someone like in Jurgen, Jurgen here in the show, he's actually Albanian. Yeah. But, like, I, think, I think Albania beats Tunisia, for example. Yeah. We got screwed with our group because we were with Spain and Italy. If we yeah, were in Germany's group or Portugal's group, we'd get second place, I think. So, yeah. we kind of, like, yeah. Yeah, Albania is definitely a, a team on the rise. You know, they're, they're, they're a good team. But, but don't worry, you know, give it a couple of years' time, right? And there'll be a 48 team World Cup and I, everyone's yeah. going to qualify. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this will end. Up, and that's a different topic, I guess, for a different show. I mean, that's ludicrous yeah. to start with, but <laughs> it is, is going to change. It is ludicrous. I'm not, I'm, I don't even want to talk about that because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of that, of that expansion either. I'm really not a big fan of it at all. No, me neither. And, uh, yeah. Man, there are going to be some bad games. Yeah, there's going to be bad like, games. like Zimbabwe versus Madagascar on a Friday. <laughs> exactly. On a Friday afternoon. So just going into it too, and, and like you mentioned, just a few more topics, then we'll, we'll cut the Azuri talk and hopefully I can move on from it maybe one day. But <laughs> And you mentioned Jorginho. Ventura kept saying, oh, and he's said Italian all the time. Oh, no, he doesn't fit my technical. He doesn't fit, he doesn't fit the, the play style. What play style? <laughs> what, what play like, what, what Jorginho's literally – I say this with no bias, but he's one of the, the best midfield, informed midfielders in the world right now. He his passing ability is yeah. He's like ninety five percent every single game for Napoli. Well, I mean, he's, who's been the best team so far in the Serie A this season? Napoli, yeah. right? Yeah. And Jorginho and Sinia are a large reason for that. 
Of course. So why wouldn't you pair them up in the national team when you're struggling? It makes no sense to me at all. I get the impression Ventura is such an old school guy yes. that perhaps the thought of you know bringing in a, a non-Italian, so to speak, yep. you know, um, might might not sit well with him, which is such backwards thinking in, in modern football. And you're not helping yourself because yeah, I mean, he should have started off from the beginning. He's been great in Syria, and, and we saw he was the best player in the field in that second leg. Mm-hmm. Fit in there beautifully, right? Yeah. And, and especially in that first half, anyway. And uh, you know that proved that yeah, he actually does work in the tactics quite well. So why wouldn't you have given him a chance earlier? Just that, pick-headedness. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense that you don't play a guy in one, not, not even a friendly, not anything. You didn't play him at all. He didn't even call him up, and then you call him up because well, he must have been forced. Someone must have told him from above. I think he was just worried that Brazil would call him up. Maybe. So he kind of wanted to get him, yeah, get point, him a yeah. cap so he couldn't go to Brazil. And, and then, if he didn't get called up for the qualifiers at all, like Brazil, I think 100% would have called him up for, yeah. for the summer. Like, and the, pro- the problem is, is that Marco Verratti, the only reason why Jorginho played was because Marco Verratti got the second yellow card on Friday, which ruled him out for the second leg. And Marco Verratti's been incredibly underwhelming for the Azzurri his whole career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I it's a shame, too, because he's one of the best midfielders in the world. But when he puts on yeah. like the Italy shirt, like he just crumbles for whatever reason. I'm not sure what it is. He's kind of a prima donna. He's kind of one of those prima donna players that he think he's really good for PSG and he cut, and he makes a lot of money and he comes to the national team and he thinks he's one of the best players to ever put on the shirt ever when he's not. It's called, it's, it's called the English disease. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> happens, to, happens to every single player in England. True. It seems like these guys all perform in the, in the Premier League and they go to the national team and then they you see their true colors, basically. Yeah, they, they, they shrink down two inches, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. England looked pretty decent with Deli Ali, Harry Kane. That, that, might, that might be a thing there. I, I don't know. I mean, England usually do choke in the, in the big stage, on the big stage. We'll see what kind of group they get in a few months. Right. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're just not good enough. As simple as that, you know. I mean, there's some, there's some youth coming through there. They've done well at the U17s and U20s yeah. in yeah. recent months. Um, okay. There's definitely some, some talent there, but they're, they're a couple of echelons below the top teams, you know. They, they might go in a run at the World Cup, might make a last 16, maybe, you know, the quarterfinal would be incredible, but um, they're going to be in tough, I think, even to get out of a group, just given what they've done recently. For sure. Okay, so the last question I have, this is kind of a good one, I can maybe do a little discussion for, for James and Jurgen you can talk to. If you're, if you're Carl Tavecchio, and, you know, you have options, right? You have options. And you can even include, like, you know, guys who have a job right now in the options. Who is your, who's your boss for the Azzurri? Who are you announcing out of Ancelotti, Antonio Conte, who's been linked, um, Fabio Capello, who just left his team in China today, who just left – isn't that weird? He just left his Did team. Did he really, eh? How convenient. Yeah. How convenient. <laughs> and, or someone like um, – is I'm pretty sure Roberto Mancini was linked, but I'm pretty sure he took a job in China as well, or Russia, or I think sure. Zenit. Zenit, okay. So, who would you pick, James? Who who would be your main guy to rebuild it? Kind of rebuild. I not even rebuild, more of a retool. Retool it. Right. If I could pick any of those guys, I mean, listen, Capello, that that ship sailed, right? He was yeah. one of the greatest managers. We know that, but his ship sailed. Bye. Go. Um, I'm not sure what Mancini's really accomplished. If I could pick any guy, it would be going back to Conte for sure, because Conte got that team playing above themselves. Of course. Remember the last Euro, right? That was one of the worst Italian squads we've seen for a long time, and they did pretty well in the end. Um, he had that team just that self belief, that never say die attitude, right? And he had a system, they had an identity which they hadn't had for a while, and they lost straight away the minute he left. So if you can get him back in there, I don't know if you can, because I think he's leaving Chelsea, but I think he's going back to Syria. Uh, yeah. with whoever, maybe Inter or, or whoever it's going to be. Um, but if I could pick any of those guys, I would throw 
as much money as possible at Antonio Conte and say, can you please do it again? Because he did it before with less. He did it with uh, our two strikers in the Euro was uh, Adair and Graziano Pelle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He took Germany to penalties with Jack. Our midfield against Germany uh, in 2016 was who does he who doesn't even play, who never plays for Juve. And when he does, he plays at right back. So we had Giaccherini, uh, Sturaro, and Parolo in the midfield against Germany, the, the, wow. race, the World Cup champions. And we we took him, we could have beat him. We, we should have beat him. We, we, we should have beat him. And we did. And, and that's why Conte, I... I and I, honestly, and I'm, I'll admit that I was wrong. Before the World Cup, or Euro Cup, sorry, I said, like, I thought, all right, I'm going to look at my old team, my team saying, Conte, like, what are you doing? These, these selections are brutal. Like, we're going to get killed in the Euro. And then he proved me wrong because he, he's good at gelling a group together. He could bring yeah. guys together. And Florenzi made a comment during the Euro Cup, and he said, he said, we know, he said, we know everybody's going to be with our eyes closed. And that was yep. a big Conte had everybody, okay, you're going to be here. And when you get the ball, you're going to be here. So they basically, they, they can play without any eyes and they know where everybody is. And, then, and that's big. And that's what happened with Ventura was, I think that he didn't create a group. It seemed like everybody was against each other. And it seemed like the players were just probably sitting there saying, what is this guy talking about? And that, Oh, yeah, they, they, they lost faith. They lost faith clearly throughout it, right? And these are veterans yeah. who, a couple of World Cup winners in that team, you know, championship winners with, with Juventus. And they listened to a guy that was clearly – underwater drowning and and you know saying give us some kind of direction here what are we are are we a four two four are we a three five what what are we tell us and yeah. they, they got no leadership there whatsoever yeah and and, and it just it, it sucks because you know to see buffon cry like that after i don't know if you saw the interview or not yeah i did yeah yeah it's like like I, i've only i'm 19 so i've only ever known buffon from the duty <laughs> between the pipes right i've only ever right. known and now, you know, I'm really excited for Donnarumma to take the, to, you know, to, to the reins, to take it, and he's going to be the goalie for, you know, next 15, 20 years. And I'm, I'm not sure how much you've watched of Donnarumma. He's been an 18-year-old prodigy. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. I mean, he, he could be playing goal now for Italy, right? You know, yeah, not for Gigi. He's good enough. He's incredible. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it'll be tough. And to see someone like De Rossi retire, too, that actually brings a couple of tears in my eyes because, you know, I'm a huge fan of De Rossi, and he's kind of – He's one of those guys that he's aggressive, but he's a gentleman. I don't know if you heard, but he actually went on. He went to the Swedish bus, Swedish bus after the game, and said uh, he was sorry about the fans booing their anthem, and he said congratulations, stuff like that. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, he's got class, and even seeing him on the bench, uh, you know, in that second half when he had a chance to go on he play for his country for maybe yeah. the last time, he goes, "No, you know, that I am not what we need. You need yeah. that guy two spots down to my left." Yeah. You know? That, that says something. I mean, I, I haven't been the biggest fan of De Rossi over the years just yeah. because I think he's a bit of a plastic hard man. He's a very good player, don't get me wrong, but, you know, he'd, he'd be, you know, throwing an elbow on Brian McBride, you know. Yeah, I remember vicious, in 2006. Yeah, he was vicious, but, but then, then he'd flop and cry and roll around and just, so yeah. one of those guys, yeah. they, they, they rub me the wrong way, but I appreciate and I respect what he brought to the Azuri. Clearly, you know, he's, he's a World Cup winner, right? I think, yeah. he, I think he came off the bench, didn't he, in, in, in the final in 06 and, and played some minutes. Scored a penalty. He scored a penalty in 06. That's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. He put it, he put it top quarters. He was really nice. He was like, he was <laughs> young. So he had no beard. He was like 22 years old. I was going to say, he's got a great beard. He, he yeah, rocks the beard really well. Yeah, he has a nice, he has a nice hair beard combo. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so there's that, and, okay, so now this is the very last question before I let you go. We'll talk, and then we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk another time. Last question. 
out of the starting 11 and the guys you saw Friday and Saturday, which players would you – who didn't retire, the players who you would just – you would cut from the Azzurri the next time around? Any cut guys? from there. Wow. Oh, that's a good question. Wow. Um, I have a few in mind. See, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I wouldn't – see, I, I don't really hold this – that. I mean, it's, it's on the players, obviously. I understand yeah. that they failed, right? But I hold it on, on the manager more, and he made their lives very difficult. I, I don't think Gabby adini has got much of a future there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be the one, of course. I'm surprised he, he got picked up to begin with. Um, Parola's never done it for me either. I don't know why. He's never really stood up and, you know, told me that he, he deserves that shirt. Um, defensively, the Cleaney retire? I forget. Uh, yeah, did, yeah. did the Benucci retire? Uh, but, no, Benucci staying. Now, no, Benucci, I mean, I'm a huge Benucci fan, but he's been very average this year at Milan. Yeah. He, he, he better find he his He started to pick somehow. up his form recently, but Has like, he okay. started very poorly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at his best, I mean, he's one of the best ball-playing centre-backs in, in the world, but he needs to wake up. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think there's a lot of kids coming through the system. You know more than me. But I think the future is actually quite bright for Italy, but it, it might take another tournament or so, another cycle to figure that out. So yeah. maybe we're not talking about Euro in a couple of years' time. Maybe we're talking about, you know, the next World Cup at, at Qatar. Yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, for me, a guy who would get, I would get rid of is uh, Antonio Candreva on the right side too. He, uh, I agree. He is the most uh, predictable player, I think, in the world. You know exactly what he's doing. He's putting the cross on his left foot or his right foot. He doesn't – it's not like he does – he can't beat his guy one-on-one. And he had the one chance and he put right way over the net. Um mm-hmm. Uh, Matteo Darmi, I'm not sure how much of a future he has either, honestly, because we have a lot of young fullbacks coming up in the rent. Yeah, he was good in the first leg, I thought, though. He, he was, was one of the only, only bright spots in the first leg. He was good in the first leg, for sure. Second leg, he kind of showed what he... And it sucks because he was playing on position. He never actually played left wing back. At Torino, he played right wing back. Um, and so he began on his strong right foot. Uh, he plays left back for United, though, doesn't he? He does. I mean, yeah, he, he at, does. Or the left. I think Mourinho has played him on the right before, though, in place of Valencia. I think he's better on the right, but like he's somewhat capable of playing on the left. I think Spinazzola is probably going to take his place anyways by the next World Cup. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's the Corriere della Sport in Italy. They already, they're so confident that, and that Ancelotti is the next coach that they actually made a, they actually made a lineup. Like They actually said, like, here's the predicted lineup that he would use. I'll just say it quickly before... I let you go, James. And you can tell me how you wrote it. Here's the lineup here. Let me just find it. It's pretty interesting. It's a four-two-three-one. Um, so it's kind of getting away from the three at the back, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Let me try to find it. Okay, right here. Okay, so what he has here. So it's Donnarumma, uh, left back Emerson Palmieri on Roma. He's a Brazilian, but he's actually Italian, and he's went over to Italy now. Oh, he's eligible for Italy. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and, and the two center halves were Bonucci and uh, Alessio Romagnoli, the Milan men. Uh, F- Alessandro Florenzi on the right, which I think is a good choice. Florenzi's a really, really good player. Uh, and in the two midfielders, they have uh, Jorginho from Napoli and uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini from Roma, which is interesting because, you know, you, you think that Verratti's behind the striker instead, is what he has. So, Pellegrini, Jorginho, okay. like a double pivot in the midfield. With Lorenzo Insigne, Marco Verratti, Antonio Candreva as the three, with Andrea Belotti up top. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it, I don't know. If it's, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a change. I, I don't think. Andrea Belotti played more forward in his early days at Pescara. So. Yeah. 
I don't think I've ever seen Yadzuti play a four two three one in my life. So I I couldn't even I couldn't even imagine them playing. <laughs> You know, what, you know what's fun, though, is when you go and you find these old stories, when, when teams fail to qualify or, or drop out of tournaments, you always see reports and stories about how their 11 will look in four years' time, yeah. and they're never right. They're always wrong. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> right? it's, a, it's, it's a fun thing to do. It's, it's great, but someone always drops down, and someone comes out of nowhere. They always, it's, it's great. I've done it numerous times in England, like some of these numerous failings and, and seeing top reporters putting together their Dream England 11 for you. and like, they're, they're nothing like how it actually turns out. Yeah, exactly. It's tough. Anyways, before I let you go, hey, do you think Milan could, uh, Milan could, could win the Europa League if they see Arsenal in the final? Yeah, because Arsenal don't care about it, do they? Yeah, yeah, they don't. <laughs> Although I'm sure, I'm sure if they get that far, they will care about it. But yeah. I want to see, see Milan back in the Champions League. You know, I, I said to you before right. that, you know, Italian football needs a strong AC Milan, whether... You're an Inter Milan fan, a Juve fan. It's really, you want a strong AC Milan. It's good for the league and good for Italy and good for Europe as well. You want that brand back to where it should be. So I actually quite hope AC Milan do very well this year. Of course, yes. And James, it was an absolute honor to have you, have you on. I really, really appreciate it. You know, I've been watching you on my TV when I watch Big Guy. I just kind of watch for entertainment. But I've been watching you on my TV for, for years. So it, it's, again, it's an honor to have you on. I really, really appreciate it. No, thank you, Luca. Thanks a lot. And Jürgen, you too. I really enjoyed that. Anytime. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have you, to have you on again. For sure, mate. For sure. All right. Great see, you later. see ya. So, thank you to James for coming on. You know, he's uh, it's a really big thing for us. You know, he's, uh, he's a big uh, in Canada. So, it's really big to have a guy like James Sharman on the show. So now we kind of change things over just, just to Milan now. No more Zuri talk. Milan, <laughs> big match tomorrow. Milan-Napoli. And now I bring in uh, my friend Antonio from the States. He's a New York Islander fan too. Antonio, big Napoli fan. Antonio, what's going on, my man? How's it going? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. No worries, man. Uh, I didn't get a how are you. Can you give me a how are you? This one's for uh, at JP Inuzi. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Antonio, I'm with my friend Jurgen here too. Jurgen is my buddy Antonio. How's it going? What's up, man? Meeting everybody on the TMG podcast. Awesome. All, All right. right. Anyways, big match tomorrow. Uh, you know, obviously it's it's big for both teams because Napoli want to keep pace or keep pace. They they want to stay atop the city A and their scudetto hopes. And Milan just need to get back into the race, really. Um so Antonio, what is the, uh, the the projected Napoli lineup looking like for tomorrow? Have you seen anything? Um, I, well, I'm hoping for a little bit of rotation tomorrow, more than usual, because we know how, how stubborn Saudi is with that rotation. But sure. just just because we got a big game coming up in the Champions League, it's a must-win against Shakhtar if we want to advance. And I know Napoli hasn't really been caring too much about Champions League, but you know, it would be nice to get out of the group at least. But um, so with that being said, I think a little rotation. Obviously, you can still stick with the 4-3-3 with uh, Hizai, uh, Koulibaly, Albiol, and Mario Rui, obviously, because of the Gulam incident. And then uh, in the midfield, probably, we'll probably see uh, Zielinski instead of Alan mm -hmm. next next to I'm – I'm assuming that Diawara and Zielinski are going to get the start against Milan over Jorginho and Alan just because of the Champions League. Oh, maybe it is a must win for you guys, so yeah. Yeah, so uh, but Hamzik obviously is going to play his at least his sixty minutes, and then up top, up top they don't really rotate much. So obviously, we're, I still think we're going to see Insigne, Mertens, and Kayon. Okay, yeah, and uh, 
you know, with that four-two-three, I mean, we we all know how Saudi plays. You know how Saudi Saudi ball. You know, we all know it. Um, Milan's predicted line. I was tell you, and you can tell me what you what you think your best matchups are. So the, the predicted Milan lineup right now, and this is the updated one from Milan News. So like it's a little different. It's a four-four-one-one. Um, so we we'll go with uh, obviously Donnarumma net with Borini, uh, Bonucci, Musacchio, Romagnoli at left back. Mm-hmm. With uh. Who we got? We got uh, Montolivo or Cassie, Cassie Montolivo, uh, Locatelli, and uh, Giacomo Bonaventura with Suzo oh. right behind the striker, Kalinic. Okay. Who's the right mid? The right mid is Cassie. Oh, what the? F- <laughs> Montella again with his playing players out of position, oh. man. It's going to be. It's the midfield is. Like I said, it's, it's, they say it's a four-four-one-one, but it might switch in game. That can easily be a, a five, like a three at the back. Yeah, could just move Romagnoli in and then have Bonaventura wing back. Yeah, and that's why they are they're, they're, they're benching Ricardo Rodriguez for Locatelli basically. So they're putting an extra midfielder in there. Um, yeah. Well, tell us it today. I don't that- understand why we're playing Montalivo against Napoli. That makes no sense to me. He's going to get understand. overrun. I don't understand why Montolivo is still relevant. I really no. <laughs> nobody wants to buy him. Probably that's why. Um, I, sure, I mean, I just the way Napoli moves the ball in that midfield, he's going to be gas after twenty minutes. I know. Yeah, I oh, know. One hundred percent. He's going to get overrun completely. You know what the problem is though, Lucas Bilia is not fit enough, so that's why Montolivo is playing. Ah, uh, okay. And and that's the thing. It's like we we have a little bit of depth there, like like it goes Bilia and Locatelli to Montolivo basically, but Montolivo and Locatelli are both playing, so. Um, I don't know. It's just it's like uh, it's interesting because Montalivo, like you know, he's you know he's, he's been around for a long time, but he obviously you know with so many injuries, like he doesn't have the legs anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, his injury. It's really sad with him. Because like we mentioned it before, but like when we signed him, he was one of the best midfielders in the league. But that oh, first no. injury just ruined him. Yeah. I it, it sucks because he's not like he. Excuse me. He's he's a pretty pretty good guy. Like the players seem like they like him, but like yeah. he's just quality's just not there. Um, but again, it's the lineup. The, the 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 game is played on the pitch. I mean, I, I'm gonna tell you, we can only talk about it so much. But I can easily switch to a three, like a three five two. I guess I can put it through or a three four three if Suso. It could be a three four three too. Remember that. Um, if if Kessie oh, sure. right, if Kessie wants to play right wing back. Um, Actually, no, what am I saying? Borini would play right wing back. What am I saying? So it could be a 3 4 3 as well because Suso and Bonaventura could be the two wingers with Kalinic, right? So it, I think it's going to be the left wing back. Bonaventura. Nobody. If Bonaventura oh, is the left oh. wing, you can't have him as left wing back. Oh. There's nobody in the squad for left wing back. It'd be uh, Montolivo. <laughs> 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 I mean, Kalihan's kind of brain dead, so like that wouldn't be the worst. Yeah. But. So. The, still biggest, be bad. the biggest matchup I have here, and if, if, if Suzo does drift up to the right side, would be Suzo versus Mario Rui. Yeah, that scares that scares the hell out of me. I, I think Suzo would probably rip Mario Rui apart. Yeah, he, he, he would. Like, Mario Rui is not that good, so he would. Yeah. But like, it sucks because Gulam got injured, and he was really good. Um, but I think that's the, that's the only about, matchup. The thing I'm worried about is if they move Husai to left back and use Maggio at right back, because then Husai could probably... Contains you so well. 
That's also what I was thinking. But I don't think they're going to do that. If anything, they'll play Majo in the Champions League because Mario Rui was hurt, so they don't have him on the Champions League roster, so they can't even rotate oh, him. Oh, uh, so yeah, yeah then right. he has to play, yeah. Right. That's that's the only reason I said I think that Majo, uh, Mario Rui is going to play tomorrow. Well, that's good yeah. for us at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the only – I think that's the match. I mean, here's the thing, though. Could Buenaventura also have his way with his eye? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, it's and like a fifty-fifty. It's very true. I think when his eye is on his game, I think he's the best right back in in the league. Yeah, one hundred. There, there is just some games where he is literally brain dead. Yeah. There, there's some games where he has two left feet. Yeah. Okay. I know. I saw some Napoli fans kind of give a little hate. Yeah. Uh, after the Man City game and stuff like that. Yeah. Too. Which I mean, I mean, I thought he was one of the better performers in the Man City game. Him and Insigne. Insigne always. Yeah, but you're yeah but, yeah, but if you're, yeah, but you're you're Albanian. If, of course, if an Albanian guy. You, <laughs> Yo, okay, listen. I don't just overrate every Albanian. I love I love Memushai, but he's been garbage this year with Benvento. So like, <laughs> um, they've been garbage. I'll call it out. But what, who? Wait, is he on Benevento? Uh, Memushai, yeah, he's on loan with option or obligation yeah, or something. Benevento is the biggest team in Campania. Dude, it's Benevento it's so haven't won a single game. Better it's than so Campania, the biggest club in the region. It's so bad. <laughs> my family, it's, it's sad because my family's like literally from where my town is in Italy. If you drive up the mountain, you're already in Benevento. Benevento. Are you? Yeah, okay, legit. Okay, Ento. That means you should be a Benevento fan. What are you doing? Napoli comes first for me, but. No, it's, it's Benevento, the biggest team in the region. Like I, I was joking with Adam and we were talking one day in the future, we're just going to go. So we're gonna go to Italy. We're gonna buy a, we're gonna get like a small team. We're just gonna go watch him against like a big team somewhere, <laughs> and we're just gonna scream the whole game for random players. Like if we go like like last year, if I if I was go watching like a, a Crotone match, I'd be like Diego Facinelli's biggest fan. <laughs> like that, yeah, we'll I'd be the, just screaming every single time. Like, that'd be great. Um, anyway, so here's the thing too. We were talking about in the Italian Football Daily podcast too. Insigne was well, you know, he's always dangerous, of course. He's gonna be dangerous. However, to be to run with him, it'd be Borini, because Borini can run. Um, you know, obviously it's beat him one on one, but Borini has like the Borini beat, he literally he crushed every single record in the Milan Outlook uh, fitness test. So wow. he's pretty yeah, he's actually developed into a nice wing back and he's actually done really, really well when we put that's him there. Probably, yeah, that's probably why he moved from striker to there. Yeah, he, he literally just runs the whole game so i mean it's kind of i like guess the best offense. and even offensively he's not the best but like he makes up for it with his energy i guess yeah. <laughs> so like even when he like misplaces something he'll hustle back so it's like it's a mistake but he corrects it in a way so it's not i don't know it's yeah he's, no, he's been doing an okay job yeah. playing out of those position are, like those are the players that are so underrated in this game today like those are the players that wins ties or loses games in the last 10 minutes you know yeah, I mean, we had to get a last-minute winner against Rijeka, and he was the one who chipped it in. So that was a great so, ball for Kutrona, yeah, for sure. Um, the only thing is, and what I'm thinking, could could Nikola Kalinic give like someone like Raul Albiol some problems with this? Raul Albiol, yes, Kulibali. Uh, have you seen? No, Kulibali physically can handle Kalinic, but if you've seen Kalinic is just deadly in the air. Kalinic is deadly in the area, regardless. Yes, but if you've seen, um. 
Albiol's goals that he let in on men he was marking, like over fifty percent of them have come from the air. Yeah. Like I don't. He he lost he lost that aggressiveness to win balls in the air, if, especially in the Champions League. He let two in against Real Madrid last that. year. I remember that. He was I terrible that. against City. Yeah, terrible against City in the air. They let in they let in two. One was a corner. One was a cross. Or maybe both were corners. Honestly. But if yeah. you look at so I honestly, if Koulibaly is not marking Kalinic, we're gonna have some problems. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, could he? I think Kalinic could definitely like because again, Kalinic is one of those players that kind of he'll, he'll throw his body at anything in the air to kind of like. And I, I actually I like Kalinic. A lot of Milan fans don't, but um, I've always been a fan of Kalinic ever I, since he came I, into the league. I'd rather Andre Silva play. Yeah, but I think but he's like, your typical number nine, right? Typical like you know a bomber. Yeah, bomber. like old school. Yeah, old you school. Know? Like he's a big number nine who holds the ball up well and. And whatever. And of course, I do wish Andres Silva. He hasn't scored a Cidiago, a Cidiago goal yet, but he hasn't gotten any He's minutes. Barely given any minutes. Though. He hasn't given any minutes. So it's just, it's very, it sucks because, like, you know, it's embarrassing he hasn't scored a goal, but he only has 200 minutes. So what is he going to do with 200 minutes? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's kind of, mm. but I'm sure he'll come on if we go down 1 nothing. Put it this way if we go down 1 nothing early, game's over. Um, yeah, I think so. The longest it, the, the the more it stays zero zero is more in Milan's favor because they can always snatch a lucky one kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the if it if if it's one if it goes one nothing early that match is over. Another and thing it, in our favor though is Pepe Reina is pretty garbage. Yeah, he's not very yeah. good. Uh, no, so yeah, like, if Susa can get space for like a nice little <laughs> curler from outside of the box, like it could sneak in. So yeah, I bet I bet yeah. if uh, if we brought on Gonzalo here, he would. Uh, he wouldn't like. Uh, he wouldn't. He doesn't like Pepperetta. No, that's, it's it's not even just him, man. I I was waiting for a keeper all summer and it never came. Yeah, because I think like the, I think a center back and a goalkeeper. If if Napoli can bring in those two players in in the January transfer window, they have the league on yeah. lock. Like, but the, yeah. the thing is, the thing is, like the only thing I'll give Pepperetta is that he is a huge commander coming outside the back. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you. Yeah, <laughs> If you watch like ninety percent of Napoli's goals, it started with him. Like it's crazy. But I, too, right? Just defensively, yeah. I mean, like he's a big fan, and I love it. But defensively, he's he's literally five years past his prime defensively. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he's um he's the reason you lost against Shakhtar in the first he, game, right? I'll I'll, I'll even say it, not hundred percent him, but he's the reason we didn't win the Scudetto last year. You think so? I, yeah, that's, probably. That's, You'd have to if you think I, about it. Yeah. He's like. The the amount of games we lost and tied last year off of a random mistake. If you recalculate those points in the last year, we win the league by like six points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair it's, enough. It's I mean, crazy. Right there. People say City has a one team league, but wouldn't Roma and Napoli within four or five points of <laughs> was the four to five yeah. points? How about that's four or five Napoli? points within before VAR? So they had the refs before like, VAR. You know what I mean? Yeah. With, yeah. with VAR, they can their cheating is reduced a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't want to get into Calciopoli. <laughs> I don't want to get into Calciopoli stuff. However, but it's I think you know what? And I, honestly, like I actually I can't even watch the match. Unfortunately, I have to work. Um, but you know what? It may be it may be a blessing in disguise. That it'll watch. probably be the better because I'm thinking we'll probably lose like two 0 Yeah. The only and, thing, the only thing I'm worried about too is that Milan are way better away from home for some reason. Yeah, we are better away from home. It's weird, isn't it? Um. But, so um, one, another thing too, another like matchup wise, um, do you think that Mer do you, like will, will Mertens and Bonucci will that be a matchup all game? Mertens, Mertens, the only 
center backs he struggled against are yeah. very physical center backs because of his size. So again, that Bonucci matchup with Mertens scares me. Insigne, I'm not really worried about because he catches his space on the outside. Callejon just running back and forth. But Mertens likes to receive the ball and then play out. So if he's getting harassed by a bigger center back, that's where Mertens has his problems. Yeah. I think uh, you might be okay with, like, Musacchio. He's a, Musacchio's a smaller defender. Yeah. Um, but Bonucci's, you know, he's more aggressive. And Bonucci, you know. And I feel like Bonucci found his form again, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, he's playing, he played well against Asuolo, and he played well in the two Zudi games. So, I yeah, mean. Yeah, he did play well in both games. So, I think, and, and, and no one, if anybody said that Bonucci was finished, obviously they don't know anything about, about Calcio. No. He's Listen, in Serie A, in Serie A you, it, it's so tactical. You can't just go from to the next team and be good again. Look how long it took Higuain to find his form again. And he's one of the best strikers in the world, of you know. Course. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know if he's one of the best strikers in the world anymore. He's not really scoring that many goals. And he, I mean, at least at the point that he went, he was. You know, I mean, yeah. now, I mean, but like, and then you look at someone like Eden Dzeko who came to Roma. He had a crap first season. Look at him now; he's every game. That's what I'm saying. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You can't just you can't just go into Serie A. You can't even go to a different team in Serie A and just start performing. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah it's a different beast from like other teams. Because like with yeah. other leagues, it's more of like a situational thing like having to get used to the culture and all that stuff and your teammates but like you have the added right. pressure of specific tactics between teams in syria so it's yeah, for sure so you know i think it's going to be you know obviously montella said today that you know they have to be i mean they're going to come up with an aggressive style uh and they're going to they're going to they're going to come out aggressive and they're going to have to cut out passing lanes uh study study smoke creates um, and it's, I don't know, it, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, remember last year, uh, Napoli went up 2 nothing. We came back, Niang scored, Suzo scored a beautiful goal. Yeah, I, yeah, first I remember minute. that game. And then, and then, uh, Kelly Hall scored a 3-2 when DeShilio lost his man and his 4-2 because of the old goal, whatever. And then, so, you know, it could be another high-scoring game and we are better away and I think we do have some, some, we are desperate in our play style because we have to start winning some games. Yes. So you know, I think we're gonna come out. I, you know, a few of the guys are rested too. So I, we'll see. I think it should be a good game. Your game. What's your what is your prediction? Realistic prediction and goal scores too. I write that. Um, I think two nil. It could be three, but I think two nil is probably a bit more realistic. Um, goal score is probably insinuated with at least one. Um, Mertens, if he can get past Musaccio. Like if depending on who's marking him. Yeah. Yeah. Benucci's more physical than Musaccio. So if he can, you know, get around Musaccio, I think he could get another goal. But I think Insigne with one for sure, maybe two. Mm-hmm. But I think two no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ando. And so I call you Ando. Like why not like why do you it's Ando. Why are you Ando? Yeah. I know. It's just, I don't know. It's just how my friends started to call it in ever since. I mean, I can't tell 3,000 people now that they can't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm going to I'm gonna say 3-1 here for now. Three one? I'm gonna say 3-1. I'm going to say I'm going to give two to Insigne. I'm going to give one to Hamzik. And then I'm going to give one to Suso. Wait, you think Hamzik's going to tie Maradona's record? I think Hamzik, this game against Milan, Hamzik has always played well against Milan. Yeah, he has. He's been really bad lately. He has been. I think he's got that record in his head, and once he gets that stupid goal, he's going to be fired. You're right. I think so. I think it's just that 
I think it's all it's all a head game, right? It's, it's my yeah. Game. It's all it's all a mind game right now. I'm just waiting for that goal, and it's not coming. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be tight. Anyway, so I'm just gonna wrap things up now. My prediction, I think it's gonna be. I'm gonna say two one Napoli. I think it's gonna be a two nothing game, and then Milan will score like in the seventieth and make it just to make it interesting, and then just, yeah. and then not find one. Milan have, have a problem scoring goals, and in, in the final third, that's the issue. Kind of the same as the Azzurri. Um, yeah, they're, they're really bad. Like it's just, it's just that final pass. They'll build it up, and that final pass will be off, but that shot will be wide. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping we see a little bit of Andre Silva because I know Kalish is good, but you know I don't know if he's good for ninety minutes. So. Yeah, I think I think it's about if you know in the preview from Napoli Milan two forty five tomorrow. It's a big game uh, again. And and Enzo, thanks for coming on. I know th- this is your podcast debut, right? You've never been on the podcast. No, I've never been on one. This is awesome. So thank yeah, you. Well, I'll definitely bring you on uh, later in the season. When we play you guys again. No You're doubt, be a Napoli guy for sure. Awesome. So appreciate you having uh, having you on, man. Thanks for coming out. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Good luck tomorrow, guys. Thanks, thanks, buddy. You too. Ciao. All right, ciao. And you're good. It's an honor for you coming on again. This is the third admin of the Milan guys, so definitely follow him on Twitter. I'll tag him in the tweet. Remember, guys, we're on iTunes. We're on YouTube here. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. So iPhone, Android, we're on everything now. You yeah, man, it's big time now. You can, download, <laughs> you can download it. You can do whatever you want. It's time. We're everywhere. Subscribe to us. Give us a good review. And DM us any questions or concerns or anything like that. Anyways, guys, I'm Luca Laporta. Another episode of Milan, guys. Ciao for now, Jurgen. Thanks a lot. And Forza Milan tomorrow. Ciao, guys. Forza Milan.